Hi, welcome to I'm Not Who I Was Yesterday, where we document our process of self-growth and improvement just one small step at a time. Thank you for joining us on our journey and helping us with our idiotic wisdom and stuff. (laughs) Right on, friend. But then... (laughs) (laughs) No, keep it. That's us. That's the true essence of us. (laughs) And by the 60th episode, we'll be able to do an intro properly. Join us next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Oh, no. So what have you been working on this week? Oh, I had a really boring one, which was to try and get enough sleep because God knows I need it. But then I didn't do that. And I was like, hmm, well, I can't. And then you sent me a video today. About a person, basically, it's this is really popular. I don't know how many views it has, like, probably in the millions. And it's about a person documenting their transition, like, as a trans transgender person, and also their, like, growth and development as a dancer. And I thought that was very cool. And also, I was like, hmm, it's really fun seeing a person develop into, like, a like, um, being really good at something and, like, really getting good at their skill. And also dancing looks really fucking fun based on what they're doing. So I decided, hey, you know what? I want to try and get good at dancing. Or at least, like, get medium at dancing. Or, like, enough dancing that I could do it in a public place without having to hang my head in shame afterwards, you know? And oh that's my god, it. you're actually gonna do this! Well, this is not the first time I've decided to do this, and I've never gotten any results before, so I need to figure out how to go about it in a way that's actually productive. Because <laughs> we've talked about this quite a few times, where we've just like brought up the subject of dancing, but never actually gotten properly into it. But you've always ex- like expressed an interest in wanting to learn how to dance. So how are you now going to b- make this a reality? Hmm, not sure. I think um, one thing that I've enjoyed doing is just pulling up, like, for example, K-pop songs have really interesting choreographies, and there's a bunch of videos usually explaining how to do those choreographies. So I feel like if I just practice, you know, getting good at some specific dances, it'll A, help with, like, hand-eye coordination, and B, it'll give me some, like, parts of moves that could just then be used in different contexts like i find that like when dancing in my room by myself uh after learning like a dance like that i find myself using some moves from it and like stealing some moves from it so i feel like if you learn enough dances eventually you'll have enough moves stocked up that she'll be look interesting even when you're improvising you know are you going to be documenting the whole process (gasps) Should I? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, I should not. You should definitely be documenting. I really should. It sounds interesting, but God, it's gonna look so bad. <laughs> like, see, you talk... Another thing that really sparked this in me was you started, um, like, scheduling regular dancing time for yourself. Yeah. And every time I heard you doing that, I was like, fuck, that's so cool. That's such a cool person thing to do. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to be able to do that, too. And so, actually, I want to ask you, how did you get to be good at dancing i don't know if i am but i've always been part of in the dance community in the sense of i've always been in theater and theater therefore branches out into different 
parts of the artistic community and dancing I've always found really fun. I started dancing very young um, in different like productions and I also learned samba dancing like an actual skill <laughs> at one point. <gasps> Wait, where did you learn this? In high school for some reason they taught us samba dancing and we had after school clubs learning how <laughs> to samba dance and then we'd have performances. <gasps> And have you ever used it? Samba <laughs> dancing? I feel like that would be cool. You pull up in the club and you just fucking break it down. It'd be amazing. So many like <laughs> festival tricks ready to go. <gasps> Incredible. Oh my god. I also love how you said that like, yeah, you learned to do th theater, but also you were very explicit about the fact that even though singing is a big part of theater or like musical theater, you take no part in it. But dancing, on the other hand, you were ready to go. <laughs> Singing is just so much more difficult. Controlling your voice, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Controlling your body, also, ah, uh, I don't understand. <laughs> That's very true. I've always actually wanted to take singing lessons as well, so I pressured my mom into getting me singing lessons and I just kept pressuring her but she wouldn't she wouldn't budge and she just wouldn't let me do them um so I never like fully got into singing but dancing you don't need lessons in that sense because you can just watch somebody else and imitate it with your body in the, in front of a mirror and then if you're recording yourself back you can watch it back and cringe a, a, a lot of like so much cringing just watching yourself dance but then you can see where you need to improve and then keep improving right. that way uh do you ever record yourself or like dance in front of a mirror or something dancing in front of a mirror is really important because then you know how like your body is placed and how it's moving and sometimes you can be like completely unaware of like you think you're doing it right but then you look in the mirror and it's like nope i'm not doing that right <laughs> so yeah going like just getting on like a full body mirror or something just right in front of you or recording yourself um watching those back and just practice and i, I when i watched that video i saw that he was uh, doing the same dance throughout the whole like process and like doing it repeatedly so it was like the, yes. the dance was the same and but like his skills was changing and he was getting better at it and I was like whoa this is amazing <laughs> so yeah yeah it was really cool watching how like even though he was doing the same moves like even when he started out he showed the video of him first doing the dance it wasn't bad it looked really good and then once you started comparing them side by side you could see like oh actually like his posture here is a lot better and look his movement is a lot more precise here and then you can pick up on these like little things that eventually raise the performance from something that's nice to something where you're like jaw dropped holy shit yes. and, it's... and yeah it feels like it's just such a long process <laughs> what kind of dancing <laughs> are you into i don't know i don't know what kind of dancing there is i know nothing about the topic i guess like the pretty typical like again k-pop looks really fucking cool so like that's one thing and i don't know the other kinds I really like, you know what, at one point I knew a person who was into b-boying. Do you know what that is? B-boying, so it's spelled like B and then the word boy. Okay. And it's like, if you think of breakdancing and then you think of those really cool moves, well, they'll be like upside down, like on their hands and then kicking their legs in the air and doing all these spins and shit. That's what b-boying is. And it looks incredible. Like if you look up, um, God, I don't know what they're even called 
there's one move where you go around in a circle, like jumping from one arm to the other and using your legs spinning above your head as like the propellant, that's not the word, <laughs> to like keep you moving. And it looks so difficult and so incredible. And every time I see those videos, I'm like, I know, I know that I've never done a pull-up in my life. But maybe for this, <laughs> maybe in order to be able to do this, I might. It's just so incredible. Please look it up if you've never heard of it. I'll make a note too. That sounds really amazing. I think a lot of maybe K-pop or that kind of stuff is a lot of like street dancing where you just mm -hmm. make things up and like there are no limits and you are able to do all these different moves but it's just basically what your body is telling you at that point. So a lot of like what you just do on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's just really good. I don't know. How about getting or like just setting some time apart to watch some dancing videos every day so you remain inspired to keep you going and then therefore if you see if you keep seeing those kind of people doing those amazing things you'd be like okay i can do that one day and just keep pushing yourself until you can do that weird move <gasps> That would be smart. Yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking, like, I need to figure out a concrete way to go about this rather than just being like, oh, you know, that would be nice someday. But I need to actually figure out, like, no, you know what? I'm going to tell myself, make myself a schedule, make myself an Excel table, make myself something really precise to follow. And, like, maybe, maybe, I don't know, pick out a dance that I like and then give myself, like, three weeks to try and get the basics down and, like, work on that a bit every few days a week or something depending on how much time there is and then just keep going and then eventually when i come back i'll have my own 24 year dance progress video <laughs> and i'll be incredible and it will be great that's, that's really <laughs> exciting i'm not gonna let this go i'm gonna keep pressuring you to do this because i want to see that documentation and improvement i think that's just really exciting you know what I think I will. I think documenting it might be another thing to, like, keep it going. Because we all know, your bitch loves attention. So if I know that I'm going to get a cute video out of it by the end, hmm. <laughs> what I found really interesting about his video was that it wasn't just his skill that was improving. You could see you, you could see that his personal identity was improving. So his, like, personal confidence was improving as well as the skill. So it was, like, two different transformations taking place. Yeah, 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 and seeing, like, oh, God, just the mannerisms and seeing him, like, really grow into, like, a style. Also, his aesthetic. Can we talk about his aesthetic? Like, the harem pants and the loose tank top. Oh, my God. What are you serving? I want it. It looks so cool. Yes. <laughs> I want in. So suddenly you want to be seen. When I was trying to bring back scene culture, everyone was like, no, but he brings it back and you're like, okay, yeah, no, I can, I can jive with this. Okay, but he's cute. It's allowed. <laughs> Wait, is that scene? It's kind of scene. I mean, the way he did it has, like, very scene. That's true. That's true. But then some of the other outfits were a little bit wild. Oh, I will admit. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Express yourself. Go for it. I wonder, though, because uh, the man in that video, he's like, I counted, he's like 30 or 29 now. Wow. And also I looked at his channel and I cannot find anything else on him, so then... I hope he became, like, a good-ass dancer and he's performing his guts out somewhere. Oh, yes. Uh, have you ever been yeah. and that's all. to dancing shows? <laughs> have you ever seen any live performances? I can't say that I have. Nope. 
interesting. I feel like it would be really cool, though. Yeah, definitely. Maybe, like, look into those after quarantine ends. Oh, maybe I'll take you to some. <laughs> <gasps> oh, my God. When we live together and we'll be practicing together and going to shows together. Ugh, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> And how else okay, do you think? Okay, so now it's your oh, turn, though. Okay, damn. Well, I guess mine is, like, a lot more serious compared to just learning how to dance. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, no? Yeah. Are you ready to get introspective? Hey, I said it correctly that time. Hell yeah, let's do it! Hey. Okay, so I've been trying to speak more coherently, and <laughs> <laughs> that's just because I, it's a lot more easier to have conversations with people when you know what you're saying and you aren't getting muddled up in your words and your thoughts aren't racing ahead of your speech which mine do constantly so i have figured out different ways to make just my conversations flow more coherently and one of those ways is definitely organizing my thoughts and I do this a lot where um no what I do a lot is planning I'm really good at it and therefore I thought you know what why not just plan out what I'm trying to say and therefore I will have more coherent speech and be able to get my points across more effectively instead of it being a jumbled up mess <laughs> okay so what would that look like and compared to like how you would talk just without thinking about it versus actually stopping the plan so it reminded me back of when I was in high school and I'd give presentations and I loved like talking in front of a crowd and like giving a presentation in that way and the way I would do that is that I'd have some points that I was going to make that would just remind me so some points written down that I that would remind me of what I was trying to say so I'd always like be back on this like list that I can like tick or cross off but I'm still making my point coherently and I'm still able to get the point across of what I'm talking about coherently but I still have like a little bit of structure and even it's not like planning out everything I'm gonna say but like a few keywords that like go into my speech and okay yeah I've also I was also re researching different things that like made a conversation run smoothly and I came across this thing um, from a book called How to Talk to Kids So That They Will Listen and it was about how you're ruining a conversation in seven different ways you don't even realize. Oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> okay, so time to get, this is the introspective bit. So, um, number one, it'd be denying other people's feelings. So if you're having a conversation with someone and someone's like, oh, I feel this way, and you're like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, don't do that. Uh, and like, obviously that's wrong because you're invalidating their feelings and invalidating what they are experiencing and therefore just closing off a connection with them. Uh, but obviously people are doing this all the time. I think I can be guilty of it. I can't remember a specific example of where I am guilty of that, but... Have you ever been guilty of that? Hmm, telling somebody that they're not feeling away. I feel like that's something I may have been guilty of when talking to like a younger sibling, certainly, but also that's I feel like you've talked about this before. How so? Probably, cuz I remember hearing this point and also 
being conscious of like, oh, okay, so in conversations, you're not supposed to do that. So definitely that's something I make an effort not to do is like if somebody tells you they're feeling away, then they're feeling away, whether or not you think that's justified or not. Yeah, 100%. I, I think I can be guilty of that, but not in like that direct way in, in some sort of way, even it's like if you even if you think that that person isn't justified or like could be feeling something else because of all the things that have been leading up to it it's still they're telling you what they feel and that's how they are experiencing what they feel and that's correct and that's it uh-huh so, how would you indirectly be guilty of this though i can't like think of a specific example so uh-huh <laughs> oh i guess just like not believing them i don't know yeah probably i think that's where it comes from when people are denying other people's feelings not really believing them huh <sighs> how terrible okay what's the next one next. i need to write this down <laughs> a philosophical response uh so if you what? if something happens and then you're like oh that was just how it's meant to be or that's how life is <gasps> you know giving a philosoph philosophical response uh, and the reason that's oh these suck yeah these are horrible because it's like i'm guilty of every single one um <laughs> <laughs> And the reason that's bad, it's because it, like, invalidates their whole reason for talking about the experience or, like, just, in it's like, oh, if that just, if that's just how life is, then what, then the reason that I'm talking about this is pointless because that's just how life is and then, and then the whole conversation is pointless and then you're cutting off that kind of conversations with people and you're cutting off that side of the person's personality Right, like, just saying, like, life isn't fair. Get over it. Yeah. Like, everybody knows that's shitty, so any variant of that, whether or not it sounds nicer, is still shitty. 100%. Um, but I'm 100% guilty of this. I'm a philosopher by nature, and therefore... Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, another one that I found surprising is the next one, which was questioning them and i i thought what yeah i thought wait what do you mean questioning is like good you're meant to ask questions you're meant to like open up discussions and stuff but if someone is like complaining mm -hmm. about something or just venting about something and then you're questioning it even further it can come across like you're interrogating them or you're for me it's like i'm questioning because i want to like solve your problem or like figure out the root cause and then be able to understand you but some people mm -hmm. they just want to vent you know they don't want questioning they don't want to go any deeper into it they don't want anything like that and therefore if it's like you're questioning them then you are questioning their story in a way does that right sense? this okay yeah definitely guilty of this one but for two reasons because one if somebody's just like venting at you and they clearly have something they want to say at you then asking like questions for them to like open up the story a bit more is a great way to like help them you know keep going and like encouraging them to like keep sharing their emotions other than just like sitting there and receiving everything that they're saying and not reciprocating at all yeah. and also the second point is uh, well yeah probably i should stop doing this because it doesn't sound good but like if somebody is coming to me and they they're telling a story where i'm like hmm, are you really justified in feeling bad i feel like you're the shitty person here i'll start asking questions and i'll be like hmm so the other person did this after you had done this knowing that things are like x y and z and then certainly this has gotten me into like 
big ass fight with people because they're like, you're so terrible. You're not being sympathetic. And on the inside, I'm like, well, yeah, because you're a piece of shit right now. And I don't want to sympathize with you. Hannah, you have no idea how validated I feel right now. Because that's exactly yeah. what I do. Damn. Oh, no. Maybe we haven't learned anything. Which is ironic because the next one is exactly what you were just saying. It's... Uh... <laughs> The, the one, two, three, four. Fourth way you're written in conversation is defense of the other person. Oh my god, am I guilty of this? I am a hundred percent guilty of this. Um, and so, like, when people are coming to you and it's because they're feeling angry or some sort of type of way, and they just want to talk about how they're mm-hmm. feeling, and then you're like flipping it on their head and then making them feel worse than they already do, and that's not productive. And it took me a long time to figure this out. Like, it got to the point where people were coming to me, but they weren't telling me the full story because they knew that I would call them out on their bullshit. So now, <laughs> so why are they coming to you? <laughs> When people come to me and they're like, hey, I'm feeling some sort of type of way. Can you just, like, understand how I'm feeling this way? And now I have to, like, put aside of me questioning further and, like, taking the defense of the other person and getting to them to see the other perspective. I have to just put that fucking aside and just be like, okay, yes, I understand. And um, it's wrong because... The reason it's wrong is because they don't want to feel guilty in that way, like, at at that moment. Mm-hmm. They just want to vent to somebody, and then they can deal with the problem afterwards. But they just right. want to make sure that they're not horrible. And it's so difficult to do, because it's like, well, if you just listen to the other person, then I'm sure mm-hmm. there would be no problems. Like, the world would be fine if you just understood the other person's perspective. But people don't... <laughs> Right, like, you're stuck playing devil's advocate, which, like, we understand that it's a bad thing, but also, please, come on. Yeah, but then they're going to stop coming to you for actual problems. They're not going to actually... Which is good. (laughs) Stop trying to talk to me. Bye. (laughs) Okay, the next reason you are probably destroying a conversation is by pitying someone, and that's different to um, just being empathetic but pity pity is like you're kind of treating them Mm -hmm. like a child who can't deal with their own shit and it's like oh i'm so sorry for you and like it like there's a time and a place to be empathetic but it's not empathy Mm -hmm. it's in it's the way where it's like i don't know how to explain pity but it's when i google definition pity i was like feeling sympathy for someone else's sorrow and i was like wait you should be doing that but (laughs) it's feeling sympathy in a way where you think the other person is below or beneath or in a child like kind of state and somehow and it's like feeling pity and like sorrow in that respect and it puts the other person down who's just trying to like vent or like go through something with you Ah, right, so they're more like a spectacle, or like more removed from you, rather than you putting yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Oh, I see. I think that would be hard to avoid, because I feel like when somebody comes to you with problems, you're expected to go through the motions, like, oh, poor baby, let me pat you on the head. (laughs) But then how else do you... 
How else do you respond then? I'll get there. I'll get there soon. But the last way Ooh. you're ruining conversation is what I see people on Discord doing is amateur psychoanalysis. <laughs> oh no, Zoya. Oh no, Zoya. I'm so sorry, Zoya. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> someone comes to you with a problem and you're like, maybe you're feeling that way because your dad did this. <laughs> and it obviously, oh, no. it's wrong because you're not a therapist. You're not trained. No mm-hmm. one's given you a license. So you shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing this shit. You I love how before I remember you saying word for word you said that you're frustrated when people come to you with problems because you know the root of their problems and they won't understand you. Exactly. <laughs> and you fully called yourself out here. 100%. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So the key to having any kind of conversation with anyone ever apparently mm-hmm. is to acknowledge their feelings. I understand that mm-hmm. you're feeling this way. Um, you must be feeling that kind of way, and just be very empathetic. Put yourself in that person's shoes, and mm-hmm. not with like put yourself in that person's shoes with all of your life experience, but put yourself in that person's shoes shoes with all of their life experiences and how they are. Think about how they are handling the situation, and just think about how they want to be validated, and letting them Mm -hmm. just talk through their problems without any of your own input without any of like the questioning or like the judging or any of that but just reaffirm their feelings and validate their feelings and be empathetic in that way and apparently that is the best way to have a conversation with someone and i find it the most difficult thing to do ever okay i'm going to fight you here okay because In the past, I read a book about how to do with people coming to you with problems and how to be, like, a good listener in this sense. Mm -hmm. And the advice was precisely, like, don't judge them, don't try to correct them, acknowledge that they're feeling a certain way because of X, Y, and Z, and, like, tell them that, like, oh, I understand because of X, Y, and Z, this makes sense, you're valid, you're right. And you said that it, it was a book for manipulators, and you called me out on it, and now you're coming to me with the same advice. Wait, I'm so mad. I remember that book, and I think it was called yeah. something, um, how to... Because I wrote it down in my notes, I was like, oh. to read. Uh-huh. Because I found it really interesting, mm-hmm. because I struggle with validating people's feelings, and I thought that was very interesting and i wanted to learn more about it which is why i asked you for the name and now i can't remember the name myself i don't remember it was four it had like four methods for something although i agree again like that it's certainly less honest than like if somebody comes to you and they're complaining about something and your first reaction is oh you fucking idiot i can't believe you're even upset about this but then on the outside you go i see I understand. I'm so sorry. Like, is that correct? Is that right to do? It might lead to them feeling better about the conversation, but is it, are you supposed to be authentic in that or not? So like in that way, I can see that this is manipulative, both of these um, like advices. Yeah. Okay. So I just checked my notes and the book is called I Hate You. Um, and uh-huh. it is manipulative in the sense where you are just 
putting aside your own opinion and being able to just like just fully accept who they are and but like the problem for me is not the manipulation aspect fully but it's validating people who think they are right but aren't and then therefore the problem there for me is them being reaffirmed in their wrong beliefs and therefore not improving so if you're being validated Mm -hmm. and acting like a douchebag and you know you've been acting like a douchebag but you're like not you're you're like you're not accepting that you're a douchebag and therefore you're being validated on being a douchebag then you are continuously doing the cycle of being a douchebag and that's so difficult because like I think the point of the validating and like growing someone's experiences is like being empathetic being fully like there for someone and having their back and their feelings and just validating their feelings and where they're coming from but then after you've done all that after that's no longer a problem going back to it and being like okay so here's how maybe you could go about it in a different way so it doesn't cause you problems in the future and i think that is it but how do you but how do you go back to the problem like after Okay, so that then feels two-faced, because at first you go like, mm, I understand, you're right, and then you come back after they're done with the problem, after they've resolved their feelings about it, you go, actually, I thought you were wrong all along, and here's why. And you, like, reopen that old wound. So it feels like, like, yes, you need to address it, but then at what point? Because if you wait after the fact, they're gonna be sort of like taken by surprise that you were faking it this entire time but if you do it during the fact they're going to be upset and like not able to process it properly because it's so fresh right now and so like when when do you do this you're just going to upset the person no matter what i feel like okay i think maybe then the point is just to which i've been really hammering home in myself lately is that i can't fix other people no matter what like if people aren't coming to you for straight up advice they just want to vent which is 100% fine if you want to vent to me um but if it's like if they don't want advice because no one's ever going to take the advice that they haven't asked for and if they've not if not they're not actively looking for advice then they're not going to take it but if someone comes to you and is like hey my life is a mess I can't see what's going on I don't know why I always get myself in these predicaments can you please help me out and then you can give your advice and then they can pick and choose whatever they want and in order to help themselves because no matter what you say and no matter how many times you tell the person that they've been acting wrong or they are doing these things wrong it's not going to stick in their head unless they want it to and that's what I have mm-hmm. done. So this is just keeping your connection with them, keeping them strong until they finally realize that all the problems in their lives are caused by themselves and then break down. And then they're like, hey, why is this happening to me? And then you give them the honest truth of like, hey, this is what maybe I've noticed. I'm not sure. How do you feel about it? And then you go from there. But that's only if they ask for it. Hmm. Okay. That sounds like a measured way of going about things and like, certainly it'll be more helpful to the other person but then i feel like with that approach the problem is that then you're like at least for me i don't want to be friends with people who are shitty like then that upsets me or like obviously like with anybody but like if i see somebody who is going about conflicts or like getting into trouble and then 
either the way they get into them or the ways they try and get out of these conflicts are ones where I consider like, oh, you're being kind of an asshole and like kind of shitty. I don't like your behavior right now. It's like, I don't want to be friends with you at that point. Yeah. I don't want to be friends with people who behave badly. So I feel like that's why usually I'm a bad person to come to for venting because if you act stupid, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. why have you done this? I thought you were different. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you need to explain yourself to me right now or stop venting. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. We're not friends anymore. <laughs> And that's totally up to you. I think I'm similar in that sense. However, I have realized that if someone, say if someone's having a conflict, say it's with me, um, I'm now trying to get into the mindset of it being like, I'm responsible. So I'm like, I'm just putting, instead of the other person getting into the other perspective because they're not going to do that i'm just going to put myself into their perspective and see the reason for their conflicts the reason why they're acting like this and why they are doing all these things and what i realize is the reason that people get into these things are because of insecurities and it just fully just stems from being insecure in one shape or form and the way that now I'm trying to be like, it's like, well, I'm going to take responsibilities for their insecurity in a sense where it's like, well, if they're insecure, what am I doing to not build them up enough to be able to handle their insecurities? And I know it's not like, it's not like my responsibility to, in that sense, to like grow and help people. But I think as humans we should all help each other in whatever way we can and so therefore if someone is i don't know it's like projecting or doing all these different insecure things well it's like what am i doing to not what what's what how am i the cause of that so how am i not helping them enough to get through that and often they're doing these kind of things because they feel like they're not enough or they're not good enough and somehow it's just all just coming from a low self sense of self and because now I don't want to say I have it all together because I obviously don't (laughs) (laughs) um but if I just like instead of fighting people on that just take like a self like reflection and just be like ultimately I know I'm very secure I know that I'm secure in my path and who I am and I'm actively working on all of my flaws. I have a hundred different flaws, and I'm, but I know I'm actively working on getting better in them, and therefore I don't feel insecure about them. And I have this podcast to document all my flaws. Um, mm-hmm. But because I have that figured out, then I can now like take anything that other people do, not as like a personal attack on how it like mm-hmm. reflects me, but like just more realizing how it reflects them and like taking on board any of their insecurities and then being able to deal with it Uh, i don't know if i make sense so it's like and just figuring out how to like lift that person up even if they're like a horrible person because they only are being a horrible person this moment in time because of their insecurities i do love how you just finished reading an article where it said that one way we're ruining conversations is by psychoanalyzing people yeah. and then the solution you come to is let me psychoanalyze people. <laughs> hey, it's true to 
Auntie's not psychoanalyst. I'm not saying you want to fuck your dad right now. Oh, not in public. <laughs> PSA, I don't want to fuck my dad. Please. This is very true. Hannah does not want to fuck her dad. Ever. <laughs> Nine out of ten scientists say. Um, but the problem with that can be sometimes people are too insecure. And mm-hmm. for me, it's finding that balance. They have like a scale and I have to, like, say on one hand, it's like all of their insecurities and... And the other hand is like my security and then support and love. And that needs to be somewhat balanced and like somewhat I'm able to keep like my weight down to get them lifted up. But if their insecurity is too heavy and then it like f- I can't I can't balance that anymore. So at a certain point I have to let people go because they're just at certain points their insecurity is just not my responsibility. Nothing I can do can help them and they just need to figure it out on themselves and that's hard but this sounds very admirable but also i can't help thinking like if there was such a thing as a jesus complex this would be a prime (laughs) example like how are you going to fix everybody around you and be like let me turn the other cheek until you become a better person that sounds so exhausting but if that's what you're going to do and that's what makes you feel better as a person honestly go for it I'm not gonna believe it until I see results. <laughs> it's so difficult. Like a part of it is just letting go and realizing that people are gonna be insecure no matter what, and no matter how much I can help, unless that person is willing to help, unless that person is willing to take your advice and move on to the better path, you can't help that, and that's why you have to let it go. Uh... <laughs> Do you think that this could be a way of okay watch i'm committing the sin of psychoanalyzing but do you think that this could be a way of like making yourself feel better in your interactions by making yourself feel like the bigger person by taking the shit that other people are like putting down and then choosing like being like aha that's your mistake and that's your mistake and that's your mistake but i'm choosing not to do anything because i'm the better person like do you think there could be any trace of that kind of an attitude when in what you're describing maybe I don't really know in that sense where... Okay, so I know I'm the best person, however... <laughs> right, of course, established. <laughs> established already. Um, obviously, you do need to be the better person in a lot of different situations, and if someone is going to be acting in a certain type of way, uh, I do need to not act and like reciprocate in that way, because then if two people are just being horrible to each other or like conflicting each other and not seeing eye to eye and if I'm not the one who is gonna be I guess more mature in that sense where I'm able to just put aside and like just turning the other cheek you need to you need to Mm -hmm. be able to do that and I guess it's just a part of growth and sometimes it's very difficult sometimes I'll be like fuck you you know (laughs) and uh Mm -hmm. it'll be like sometimes I just can't like it really depends on the balance, but yeah. Gotta make myself feel good, you know? <laughs> I mean, honestly, if it works out, then that's really admirable and, like, a good way to go about things. Because, yeah, somebody does have to be, like, the chill person who can maybe lose the battle in order to get the better good in the end. So, like, if you're able to do that, peace be to you. You're doing great work, honey. <laughs> 
Oh my god, my brain is melted. Can we look at some stupid questions? Oh, yes, <laughs> this is go. so much. Do you have a question ready? Because I can find one that wasn't about, like, abuse. <laughs> I did find one about coffee. Would you like me to read that one? Go for it. Okay. So, this is on relationship advice. And it says, My wife, 36, female, won't stop forcing me to drink her coffee. I don't want to hurt her feelings, but I can't go on like this. Okay. My wife lost her Incredible. job recently, and I am currently working from home, uh, from my home office. Because I don't get a chance to take breaks, she is kind enough to bring me a coffee once in a while. Nothing fancy, just regular filter coffee. That's important. <laughs> This used to only mm -hmm. happen once every few hours, so in an average day, I drink maybe like two or three cups of coffee. That was fine. The problem has come in recent weeks, where I sit down at my desk, usually 8 o'clock, 8.30, and there is a steaming cup of coffee waiting for me. Great! I drink it. I But almost as I've finished, almost as soon as I've, I've finished, my wife will come in and leave me with a fresh cup of coffee. Every 15 to 20 minutes, she will come into the room and bring more coffee. I like coffee, enough in the mornings, but I don't need to chug gallons of it throughout the day. The mugs that she will bring me are not small either. There are some issues I don't know how to explain or address. If I let the coffee go cold, she will make upset faces and often refuse to speak to me, sometimes for hours or even a full day, until I ask her for more coffee. I will admit that sometimes I deliberately don't drink my morning coffee on purpose just so I can get a few hours of peace. We've talked about this repeatedly and almost daily at this point. Every time she comes in with a coffee, I'll tell her that I've had enough and I don't want any more. She will often just silently put the coffee down next to me and the process will repeat again. I've asked for other drinks, water, coke sometimes, and sometimes she will bring me these instead. But as soon as I finished it, she will bring me another cup of coffee. Now, I'm getting regular headaches, nausea, and sometimes I'll be able to feel my own heartbeat. I don't think that for oh. a second that all this coffee is good for me. <laughs> How do I approach this? <laughs> this one is so good. It's still so good. It's so stupid. <laughs> Wait, okay. There was a last bit that you talked about before we started recording. Would you mind reading that last bit? Okay, yes. And I looked through this person's comments just to get more um, information, you know, context. And he says, I've, I've explained to her that so much coffee makes me unwell and dizzy. I even made her feel my pulse. But she insists that I'm being girly and childish. This is why I think it's not real. There's no way such a person exists. What the fuck is wrong with this wife? That's all, thank you. <laughs> she just wants him to drink her coffee. What's so wrong with that? It feels like somebody wrote this deliberately because like, look at the setup, okay? Let's look at the setup. So we have husband and wife. Wife has been unemployed. That is, she has a lot of free time in the day and she's probably feeling a little bit insecure due to the fact that she is not contributing to, like, the finances and she's sort of just sitting around and, like, doing nothing and being useless in her head, right? Then we have the husband, who is still working, so, like, doing the contributing, 
and also working from home. So like an easy access for her. So this feels like she would be like trying to make up for the fact that she's not uh, helping financially and like feeling sort of insecure by bringing all this coffee. It feels like a setup for like a story. It feels clumsy in a way that I would write it. Okay, but <laughs> you know, and I don't know how to write. <laughs> pretend it was real, okay? Pretend it's real. Mm, I hate her. <laughs> Divorce her. Why is she calling you girly? You're saying that you feel ill. Why is she like, haha, weak bitch, have more coffee? <laughs> What kind of response is that from an empathetic partner? Like, <laughs> <gasps> she's trying to kill him. That's what I. She's thought. trying to kill him. That's what, that's what my initial like guess was. I was like, don't drink beverage oh from someone else when you haven't been seen it made. Yeah, you're married to that person, but you can never trust them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we live together and we're married and we have four children. But she, you know, don't let her, don't let her make her drinks, you know? Okay, but like last week we talked about the guy spitting in the food. So obviously you can't trust your partner uh. to make your food for you. Oh, So she no. is killing him. Oh, no. People are gross when making food. Yeah. Just in general. Actually, yeah, don't let others make food for you because you don't know. Maybe they're the kind of person that will lick their finger, stick it in their ear, and then take a taste out of the sauce that they've made. <laughs> Glad you're coming around to how disgusting people are. <laughs> hmm. Well, I know this because I know I'm disgusting in some ways, but not when making food for other people. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't pee in the soup? <laughs> <gasps> the soup doesn't have enough liquid in it. It's too strong. It needs some ammonia. Oh my gosh. Oh, I don't know. Like, oh the whole point of like this whole like thing is like why like okay, so he's obviously expressed to her that he doesn't want it. Like he said, mm -hmm. "Hey, I don't want this coffee." So why is he forced to drink it? Why does he feel like it's a gun to his head for him to drink it? Because she's, okay, I feel like we're pretending that this is real because this sounds fake again. Like the thing where she's like refusing to talk to him until he asks for more coffee. So I guess the setup is that like, oh, he has to drink it or else she's going to sulk. Oh, whoa, that was not English. I just choked on my tongue. Sulk. That's a bad word. <laughs> so like. Let her sulk. That's so foolish. How bad? Yeah, let her sulk. She's being wild. No normal person would do this. I don't understand. Especially if they talk about it every day. Do you think this kind of Imagine behavior... having this every day. Yeah, do you think this kind of behavior comes out of nowhere or is it like a repeat pattern of building up to this behavior? So she's done something like this but on a smaller scale elsewhere in their relationship and he just hasn't registered it yet. Oh, that she just generally likes to push and like do things her way. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. That's a good question. You're asking somebody who's never dated anyone, and you know, reading this Reddit, I don't think I ever will. <laughs> uh, I mean, oh, yeah. well, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, it. It. I do wonder, like, why is she doing this? Because the point of like bringing the coffee to him is to help him and like do him a favor. But when he already says that he doesn't want it, why are you still doing it? What does coffee do? It keeps you awake. Why does she want to keep mm -hmm. him awake? 
<laughs> planning a heist and she needs him alert so that when she calls him he will jump in the car and come get her on time oh my god she's wrong moving holy shit okay we did we it. figured it out <laughs> relationship advice solved that's it <laughs> relationships fixed <laughs> Gurus. Oh, i don't oh i do have one it's not as wild as this one okay let me see my internet is being so slow. It's really long. Okay, cut out the parts that are too long. <laughs> My wife, 27F, obsessively signs me up for junk mail. It's getting out of hand. I've been married to my 25M wife for 20... Oh, 27F for one year. No children yet, although we are trying. That was irrelevant. Cut down your text. Over recent months, we've been getting into growing arguments over her habits regarding junk mail. My wife is the type who spends hours and hours a day signing up for competitions and freebie prizes. She will register for as many of these competitions as humanly possible, and with increasing frequency, she will sign me up as well herself. At first, she did this only occasionally, and I'd get the odd random email slash junk letter. It was weird, but nothing I couldn't shrug off. But at some point in the last few months, things have changed. I've had to abandon the original email account I've used for most of my life, since every day there will be at least 40 to 100 emails waiting for me. Almost as soon as I've marked them as spam, my wife will have signed me up for 100 more by the next day. I've made several new email accounts since then, since as soon as my wife finds out the email address, she'll start signing me up for things. She gives out an address to a lot of websites, so I'll regularly get a lot of physical junk mail, too. Oh my God. We've been charged a lot of money in the past as she's forgotten to cancel free trials she signed up for, so every time I see one, I have to spend time calling the company to cancel it. We've talked about this and thought about this dozens of times. She maintains that it's not a big deal for me to be putting up with all this junk since the ch chance of us winning big would make up the inconvenience. I've told her how exasperating it is to cancel all the free trials and she says that it's not a problem unless we get charged. Her argument is that she's just using my name and all I have to do is ignore the junk mail. She doesn't understand that it's causing me a lot of stress. There's an equal amount of text left over but I'm not going to read the rest. Okay. What do you think? There's plenty of ways to go about this. Number one, reporter for identity fraud. <laughs> <laughs> that's the extreme version okay but i just wanted to get it out the way <laughs> um oh she's not understanding i hope they have separate wait okay what'd you say okay. she's not understanding that he needs to explain to her how she's never gonna win a single competition she she thinks that she will but she needs to get it into her brain that she isn't. So they're arguing about two completely different things. He's arguing about junk mail. She's arguing about a chance to win the fucking lottery or something. They need to not be arguing about different things. But how do they get on the same page about it then? How do you get into the same argument? Um... Because, like, clearly they're not seeing things as valuable. Like, he thinks that the minuscule chance of winning the lottery isn't equal to the work of, you know, all the junk mail. And she thinks that, no, the minuscule chance is well worth all of this. She needs to understand either, like, statistically or make a graph or a presentation or understand other people's accounts or videos of other people talking about how they have never won a single thing from these kind of things or just 
get her to see a conspiracy theory of how these are just designed to get your information and nothing else and then maybe it will sink into her head that she's actually chasing a unrealistic dream and then she'll stop doing it or another point is just to lock and separate everything you own from her you know like have different computers don't let her sign into your computer <laughs> just a lot of different things um just keep them all separate and then she can do as she pleases with her junk mail and identity <laughs> see this is what this is like the good advice right is to like give her an account that you're never gonna check except for the fact which really makes me hope that they would have gotten a prenup because clearly she's bad with money if it's these free trial thingies. Like, okay, you can ignore the rest, but then if you have shared finances and then suddenly you're losing a hundred euros a month yeah. because your wife has signed you up for Skillshare and everything <laughs> for free and then never signed in once and forgotten about it, which is like, I hate this woman because why can you be this irresponsible with your money? Like, yeah, he's running around cleaning your mess. So the only way to fix it would be for her to be, like, hit with the results or, like, the consequences of her not dealing with her money properly. But it's also going to take him down in the process because they share money. Why did you marry her? You need to split, split finances right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get a prenup after you're married? Let her... <laughs> Maybe in the first five years. I don't know. Let her deal with all of losing her money for signing up all of these fake scams and shit i once signed up someone uh, uh, for a like maths teacher dating website but for fun however <laughs> for fun <laughs> you know for the bands um, mm -hmm. complete jokes but i think i think having their email on their website actually got their password leaked or something or like <gasps> hacked into because i <laughs> so whoops but did they at least find a hot math teacher? <laughs> they became a hot math no. <laughs> oh, that would have been the best outcome. <laughs> oh, shit. So basically, don't be friends or date people who will sign you up for dumb shit. No, I have the solution. I have the solution. Okay. What you need to do is you take her email address and you sign her up for these bullshit websites oh of math teacher dating sites and, like, try to see who will win. Eventually she will understand. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> sign her up for some, like, the weirdest, the weirdest kinkiest shit that you can find. The weirdest porn sites. Mm -hmm. Just the weirdest thing that she's gonna find disgusting and be like, can't see how you like it. <laughs> right? She, she made you get a hundred emails a day. She's gonna get a thousand emails a day. Yeah, Here we go. Face the consequences of your actions. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, another Reddit salt. <laughs> <laughs> Idiotically, I love it. <laughs> oh, at least this one wasn't murder. Oh gosh, I think we're done, right? I've just read a really, really horrible thing, and I yeah, we're done. <laughs> oh my god, stop reading the Reddit. That's all. We need to sign off. Do you have a sign off? Okay, bye. Woo! Bye.